Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Verneri. And I'm John Deck. And each week we will malt, mash, ferment, distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies? No, I think we said media last week. I think I like that. So we're going to say media. Uh, So last week we gave you our top five or top-ish five uh, favorite TV shows. uh, And we decided we wanted to kind of continue into a sort of favorites path. So uh, I called it Single Barrel on Sunday when I was editing it and said, cool, that's what this series is going to be called. And so uh, this is Single Barrel number two. And this week, John, what are we uh, what are we ranking or, 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 or talking about? Some of our favorite operas. That's exactly right. Or, that's what or, we're going to be doing. You know, possibly. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite albums. And... And again, I want to quantify just like with the TV shows. It's not necessarily like our favorites or definitive list of favorites. It's more like these are some albums we like talking about that we like other people to let them know that, you know, we care enough that we want to talk about it. So, you know, if you want to listen to it or if you want to share your your own thoughts and opinions, like it's all about that process. I, I could say for, for my five that, you know, they're not all like, my go-tos if I just pick my favorite albums of all time. I just wanted to pick things that kind of resonate with where I am at the moment and that I could talk about a bit. And see, that's really cool. So when I, when you brought this up to me, I went in a slightly different direction. I, I rather than things that are, uh, you know, relevant to me right now, uh, I, I, I kind of went with things that were overall kind of formative to me musically in one mm-hmm. way or another. And some of them, some of them are a little newer and some of them, uh, go way, way back, so it really runs the gamut. But it, 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 they're all albums that at one point or another in my life, it was a, I don't know if it was maybe a discovery type of thing or or just something that really, really grabbed me in the moment and uh, and became a favorite of mine. So, Yeah, like, I, I think we're, we're kind of in sync with wanting to bring some depth to this uh, sharing. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, my albums range from 1959 all the way up to 2016, so it's not like just modern songs and albums. It's just more like it, maybe they're things I've loved my whole life, but, you know, whatever it might be. Anyway, with all that said, I think you should start off because I think I started TV shows. So why don't you just pick one of them albums and tell us a little about it? Okay. Um, so the first one I will talk about... And I'm not going to be super long-winded. Some of these are superficial, and some of them are are, are a little bit more in-depth. But I'm not going to be super long-winded about it. So uh, you won't get a, a John incident from last week. Uh, so the first album... People gonna... love that sort of thing. It's why we make the big bucks. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, I went with Jazz by Queen. Um, Interesting. It, it's, it's the album with probably the most songs that I had heard... Uh, my dad play on on uh, on vinyl. Uh, there's so so many of their hits are on that album. You don't stop me now, and and uh, and it's so many others. It's it's a, a crazy popular album. It's like peak Queen for me, uh, and and that's that's kind of why I went with it. No, I love it. I, I, I actually wrestled around a bit wondering if I was going to pick a Queen album myself. I, I didn't, but not from lack of options. I, I kind of ran into a problem with a, a few different artists that I thought would be fun to share where I, I you know, I didn't want to resort to like a greatest hits type of album. <laughs> but I find that for some artists, I, I look at the, the catalog and I didn't necessarily experience them in their entirety on those albums. So for like for Queen, for example, I was looking at the opera. I was looking at, you know, all these different individual albums and realizing, you know, it's not, it's not quite there for what I want. And so I want a different route. I, I felt the same way about Stevie wonder who I was looking at, but then I was like, mm. I, I love so many of his songs, but not all inclusively on each particular album. And so, so anyway, so yes, yeah, so I think that that's cool. I mean, there, there's such a, 
with, with Queen, they're just one of my favorite classic rock bands, and they bring such energy and joy and depth to their song. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, uh, and and I I wasn't thinking necessarily about like greatest hit stuff. I was thinking about individual albums, but yeah. if I actually, if I'm being honest, Queen's greatest hits album, the 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 maroon one in particular, mm-hmm. uh, that's the first Queen album that I bought. Like mm-hmm. I went to the store and I picked it up, and that that's I, I've played that through countless times. I, I could yeah. not even put a number to it. So yeah, I don't disparage down uh, upon anyone who you know's favorite album of an artist is a greatest hits or a compilation, et cetera, et cetera. Because uh, you know wh- whatever floats your boat, when you know, that's great. It just in this instance, I didn't do it, but yeah, same with that album. I remember, you know, that was one of the, the albums that, you know, my mom had and, you know, listening to that, you know, just constantly, just so much, so much great stuff in there. So tell tell us about your pick for your well, your first pick, at least. Yeah, I, I have these in no particular order, but as you went classic rock, I'll go ahead and match you beat for beat on that front. Um, I picked, there's this group, little, little British a little UK group called Led Zeppelin. Um, not sure if you've ever heard of them. Who? Sorry. Led Zeppelin. I know. It's like, what? That makes no sense. Um, but they're just... This... Led Zeppelins can't fly. Yeah. And, and that's why they do rock and roll. Um, <laughs> plucky little British group that are, you know, just rocking out. No, I, I, I was looking right from their debut album, just their eponymous Led Zeppelin album. But really... I kind of look at that through Led Zeppelin four as like the best box set of all time and just like an amazing journey because they, they wrote and put all this together in just a couple of years, I think two years, two to three years. Um, it was their, pretty quick. Yeah. Their debut debut album and Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin two came out the same year. Um, like, so they, they, you know, were very prolific, uh, very just raw and there's just so much to love within these these albums and many would say that they just you know just graduated better and better you know up through the albums with Led Zeppelin 4 many people say it's their best album and say it's one of the best albums of all time i wouldn't argue that i, I think it's just absolutely amazing but now as i go back and listen because for me, Led Zeppelin IV was almost overplayed. Uh, it was in, throughout my youth. I heard it everywhere on classic rock stations. It's played tons, like many of the selections are played. So now, as I go through, it, it's you know rediscovering these little gems throughout uh, the first three albums that maybe I just had a passing knowledge of, and I'm like, oh, this this song rocks. I love this. So it, it's really quite a journey. And, and not that long ago. Uh, I forgot where we were going. We were on some road trip and, and just played, I don't know if we played all four in a row, but we definitely played a couple of uh, uh, Zeppelin albums in a row. And they're just such great road trip albums, um, just, you know, out out on the open highway and, you know, beautiful weather, trees and mountains and, you know, just going out there and being adventuresome. And so that's, these songs just remind me, these albums pull up that part of me that just wants to be energetic and full of possibility and full of exploration and just, you know, taking life, you know, by the hands and shaking it a bit. Um, so yeah, so that, that's, that's my, that's my little, I mean, I I like a lot of Led Zeppelin, other, uh, some of their other albums as well, but this, this little package, this little tiny window of time is just especially incredible to me. Um, and, and right now, even it just calls to me and I love it. And there was so I I think about Led Zeppelin a lot because you're right. Led Zeppelin Four is way overplayed. There's so many tracks you just consistently hear on, and and it it runs the spectrum of like classic rock stations to modern rock stations to everything. Like they just they keep pumping it out. And not that it's a bad album. It, it's a it, it's popular for a reason. But there's there there's so many great songs with spread throughout their entire catalog. That's one of the reasons why I couldn't really go with a Led Zeppelin album just yeah. because there's that I, I didn't connect with any one album in particular. It's a, like sort of like you with Queen, like song here, a song there, a song here, a song there. And uh and never really one album that I could glom onto. So Yeah, I'd say if I had to pick one, if we were gonna, you know, say, Hey, you can't do that, that's four albums. 
then right now I'd pick Led Zeppelin three. <laughs> I think just from the opening with Immigrant Song and Tangerine and uh, Bronyar Stomp, uh, just the Gallows Pole. They're just so much fun. There's so much energy. I just I love them. So that's my that's my first pick. One one thing in particular I do love about Led Zeppelin, not to keep waxing on about it, but uh, all the Tolkien references throughout yeah. their music. <laughs> it, it's just it, it's it's so much fun bringing up Gollum and Misty Mountains and all that other stuff like it's Mordor and yeah and more yeah very very cool uh so for my second pick let's see which do I want to go with I'm gonna go with Foo Fighters Echo Silence Patience and Grace now this was not my first foray into Foo Fighters I had my, the, the first album that I actually bought of theirs uh, right after it came out was The Color and the Shape, and it's a fantastic album. It's where Monkey Wrench and and uh, lots of great songs in there, but the first one that I really connected with, the, the one that I can listen to from start to finish in just one sitting and just sit and lay back and enjoy it is Echo Silence, Patience, and Grace. Uh, that's the one. It has uh, Home on it. It has The Pretender on it. Uh, which Pretender has like the best music video of probably every. No, well, they have a lot of good. Videos. Walk is actually really good. They have so many. But good uh, yeah, this it, it, this is the one of the first albums that I think I I really sat down and listened to from beginning to end and just felt super satisfied with it. That's awesome. No, I I you know I have to say I know sometimes it's fun when. I can get to a place where you and I disagree and we fight over, you know, whether or not Breaking Bad is overrated uh, or whatever that might be. But it, it's nice that <laughs> I made all these omissions and then you're bringing up some of the very ones that I was considering. Um, it, it's it's really interesting to hear how you resonate with uh, Echo Silence, Patient and Grace, just because even though it has, a, you know, some great tracks that it commercially, it just didn't have a lot of the same connection as some of their other albums. Um but that that's just interesting to hear how you connected. And, you know, I was kind of, I mean, I've enjoyed the Foo Fighters from the get go. And, and just over time, Dave Grohl is just so awesome. I just love him in so many levels. Um, but congratulations like, to Foo Fighters, by the way, for getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, this year. But I, I think that there's a, a couple songs for me, like on the color and the shape that like, are so iconic and so important. I know this isn't you saying this is absolutely your favorite album of theirs or anything like that. It's just the one you picked. But for me, like there's so many good things. It's, it's again, like Led Zeppelin, like you're saying, you don't know which one you'd pick. I think I'd be similar Foo Fighters, but I was thinking about the color and the shape when I was uh, just, you know, just between, uh, you know, like my hero and uh, you know Everlong and like just uh, so, so many great songs. The the color and the shape is is especially good because it's the first album that they recorded as a band. Like the Foo Fighters, the the self titled their first album was just Dave Grohl. Like yeah. he recorded all the parts and and all the the uh, all the instruments and everything, and then hired the other guys in the band. So, color and the shape was the first where he had a full setup of of band members to record these songs and bounce ideas off of. So and that's and one- th- that's absolutely an iconic album. One connection, I, I thought maybe I had mentioned this last week, but then I realized it's something that I brought up on List Island. Um, by the way, everyone, go to Facebook and look up List Island if you like Very fun stuff there. Like talking about them. But uh, I, I had mentioned about Sonic Highways there just because it's the HBO miniseries. I have this weird deja vu. My apologies if I brought this up last week, but it's that intersection of TV and albums and just getting to watch them go through that process of visiting these different, you know, towns throughout America and being inspired by the people and the architecture and the roads and like just the feel and the grit and putting that into their music. It's like, I just, you know, felt a little more in love with them, even though it's not cohesively my favorite album overall. It's one where it was like, damn, I wish I could just be with them. I would love to just be a fly on the wall and just absorb that whole process. Like, oh, so cool. Well, and that I'm so glad you put up Sonic Highways because I loved it. I've watched it. I watched it through twice now. The the coolest thing about that album is they recorded every track in a different city, and they yeah. went to that city <laughs> and wrote the song there, and then recorded it and moved on. Yep. And so these are songs about cities, and 
they're also they're the stories of those cities like that that's what they were trying to tell with sonic highways and so i, I thought it was an amazing album and the the series is cool go watch it on hbo uh john what's your second pick um i think for my second pick i'm gonna pick a an album from an artist that i enjoy a lot and it maybe it's my favorite album there's this definitely a unique album within their entire library uh it's one i absolutely love and it's one that i love for road trips or when i just need something that's very atmospheric and storytelling and then just uh i i love the artistry and it's a little eclectic a little bit weird but that's kind of who i am so it matches up pretty well um i want to tell you like uh, do you ever like read reviews on Pitchfork or anything like that? No, I haven't. Okay, Pitchfork, they're pretentious snobs and I kind of hate them. Um, <laughs> but whatever, you know, if that's a hipstery music review place, fine. I just wanted to say this album got a 5.7 out of 10. <laughs> wow. Which, you know, it's above halfway point. Just barely. And their their little log line for the album, the review was, Always defined by their eccentricities, the Decemberists offer a tangled narrative set to thick stoner metal sludge and prog folk arpeggios. I want to go and listen to that album right now. Yeah, it is The Hazards of Love. Um, So I'm not very well versed in the Decemberists. I've maybe heard two of their songs ever, so. Yeah, the Decemberists are a special taste. I I love them, but they, they have a very definitive core quality that defines their music and it typically falls a little bit more towards folk indie rock folk rock kind of uh area and uh colin malloy who's like the the lead singer and and writer of songs he's he's known for his expansive archaic vocabulary um just really his songwriting you know if he can it, it reminds me a little bit of some of the um you know lyrics within Led Zeppelin where you don't quite know what they're talking about because you miss something because you're from a different country because they're talking about, you know, hedgerows and, and, and things like that. And, <laughs> okay. and with the Decemberists, it's like there'll be references to, you know, colonial factories and, you know, bits and pieces of machines and cogs, you know, and references to explorers who are who are probably really popular back in the 1700s or you know like so it's i'm getting uh, just from your description i'm getting like they might be giants vibes like yeah but a little less whimsical not that they don't have fun with it but um some of their songs are just outright stone cold creepy in a fun way um because they're you know talking about (laughs) serial killers and talking you know like so like it's a wide range but hazards of love First of all, it's a complete story beginning to end. It's a, it's like a folk tale. Um, it's essentially about this, you know, woman who comes across a supernatural creature in the forest and, and they, they want to be together, but his mother, the queen of the fairies and stuff won't let them. And so it's like this conflict and, you know, and then there's a bad guy who's, you know, the rake and he's this villain who doesn't want to get married and he's like, killing babies and like all this stuff's going on but like so it's very wild it is it's very it's wild it's vivid it's if you just let yourself kind of just let this envelop you and just kind of saturate you it's it's quite a comprehensive story and and the the styles of music fluctuate so wildly but that is akin to the characters and the development that happens it it grows like there are times when there's just like these hard distorted guitar anthems and almost like back and forth operatic like shouting screaming rock you know (laughs) things with awesome buildup and then there's like kind of a nashville slide guitar little love ballad in the middle and like so it's all over the place but in a way that i feel is very true to the spirit and feel of it so that's one that I, I wish I had gotten to see when they did a tour where they were just playing at the album start to finish, you know, and that was the the big thing. And I, I didn't get a chance to see that, which makes me sad because I think it would have been awesome to see in person. Um, but yeah, I included that because, again, this is one where um, I, it never fails. I come back to it and it's just a, a delightful 
you know, relatively quick storytelling exercise that normally you'd get like an epic movie or something. And, and here it is all within this album. I highly recommend it. Um, and it's just, it always kind of makes me smile with its wildness. Yeah. I'm actually going to add it to my Spotify right now so I can listen to it after we record. Uh, so for my next pick, so stone sour, uh, who's Corey Taylor's band. If you know Slipknot, then you know the same uh, lead singer as Slipknot in Stone Sour. Uh, he he wrote uh, this, this double album uh, called House of Golden Bones, and it's very interwoven. All the songs are... are, are uh, so they, they, run, they run into each other, and the... the uh, the the beginning of one or the end of one song is the beginning of another uh and then songs are taken from one place or another and sort of interwoven together into other songs and so there's this real interconnectivity uh between all the songs on these two albums and it it's it's really a, a beautifully written album the lyrics are very uh, very poignant in a lot of the songs, uh, and and just the way that it's constructed uh, is is wonderful. I absolutely love uh, House of Golden Bones parts one and two. That's awesome. That's um, I have I have no idea. I have no response to that. Um, <laughs> I'm not familiar, but again, I'll I'll make sure that I listen to that as well because I, I it sounds interesting, and I feel like I need to kind of absorb this and see. See what all the fuss is about. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know how much fuss there is, but there better be uh, a lot of fuss. There, there should be fuss because it's actually a, a, it is a, a great album, and they're a great band too. Like I, I really like uh, just about everything that they've put out. So nice. Uh, go go and check them out, John. What's your next? Uh, what's your third pick here? Well, again, me trying to echo some of the feel and sentiment. Um, I'm going to try to pick one of my two albums that I imagine you may or may not have much of a connection to. Okay. Um, we, we haven't really talked much. I don't know if you're a big fan of jazz, if that's a part of your uh, musical tastes of what you like to explore, but I, a, I enjoy jazz. I, I wouldn't say I know jazz. Sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Does any of us really know jazz? Anyway, <laughs> um, it's more about the notes that aren't there. Oh, wait. Uh, the pick that I am throwing into the gladiatorial arena for combat is Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. Uh, it's one of the more popular, uh, jazz albums, whether that's well, Miles Davis is a legend, so. Right. So, you know, whether it's earned or not, people debate that endlessly, but that, again, that's music in general, and especially in jazz, there's always, you know, those kinds of arguments. I mean... You could certainly make, you know, a case in today's day and age looking back upon, you know, him and his personality and and, and being like, should we be celebrating him to this level? I don't care. I'm not getting into that now. What I'm getting into is an album that is perfect for a weekend when you realize it's Sunday and you've got nothing to do and it's raining outside. Oh, okay. And you, and you, you put this on and you pour yourself a drink, kick your feet up and you just relax for an hour. It is sublime. It is just absolute. Just, I'm trying, I can't even think of a a good enough explanation. It it sounds absolutely delightful. Yeah. It's, it, it's got some clever hooks to it. Like within, within blues, this, this album kind of not blues, but within a, a jazz, jazz album, it changed things up a bit from what was considered popular jazz at the time. Um, it played a bit with the note structure. It, it kind of made things a little more unconventional. Um, none of that really matters uh, from just the general enjoyment point of view, but just from a historic point of view, it's very interesting. Um, but like what, what I really just love about it is that it's, it's one of those albums that like when I'm listening to it, uh, another great, you know, thing is to have it on while you're like playing board games or 
chess or or something and you just want something to just set a mellow mood that just feels good um and and you have the you know the accompaniments you know are are just giving you a nice solid bass and that trumpet the that light sprightly melancholy trumpet just weaves in and out each of the songs and and the whole album as a whole just flows into like one piece of music um and so in fact honestly i as much as i love this album and i don't know how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times i've listened to it i can't even tell you right now how many tracks are on it um because <laughs> i don't pay attention to that i just listen to the whole album i just go through it i want to say maybe only like seven tracks or something but one of them might be like 10 minutes long i don't know <laughs> that's not the point so yeah so this is is definitely one that um you know pops in and again and i i, I was trying to pick something in this cool mellow relaxation thing and i i was trying to figure out what album i wanted to slide slide into this realm and so uh, this is definitely it, it's hard for me to like Buena Vista Social Club is another one that has a different feel totally, 100% different, but they just make me feel good and relaxed, but it's a little more peppy, a little more energy to it, whereas this is just flat out cool relaxation, just zoning out and just being mellow. So that's why I picked this, and I, I think you should look for a time uh, when it's appropriate and just put it on and pour yourself a whiskey and just relax. I think I might do that. You know what? Actually, you were talking about the the uh, Buena Vista Social Club. That's more upbeat. You know what? That is sort of similar. I didn't put it on this list, but I have a similar song uh, album to that, uh, or or playlist to that. Not really an album. Uh, I have a, a Carlos Santana playlist mm-hmm. of totally. some of his more like ballady type stuff, with a, a few of the, the little more upbeat things mixed in there. So, uh, but yeah, that, that's a that I, I I like comparing the two actually it's it's pretty relevant. <laughs> yeah. Uh cool. So for my next pick, I have two left here. Uh I'll say uh Tupac's All Eyes on Me. This is the first hardcore rap album I ever bought. And the reason why I picked this is because up until then, like my exposure to rap was what's on the radio and, and like the sort of top 40 stuff. And then like some of the eighties hip hop mixed in. So like run DMC and, and stuff like that. So, oh, sure. uh, when this album came out, my friends were all talking about it. I said, all right, I'm going to go get it. And it changed the way that I looked at hip hop forever. Like, I I had this this very narrow window of what I thought hip hop was supposed to be, and then I I went and bought this, and it just opened a huge door that <laughs> it, 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 all this other stuff flooded in, and uh, I I not that I'm some you know I'm not like super hardcore into hip hop or rap or anything, but it gave me a new appreciation for what's out there and and. The, the diversity of styles and things like that. Uh, and it really gave me a new, new outlook on it. So, well, it's, and it's, I mean, it's a seminal al- album for a lot of reasons, uh, especially within, you know, classic hip hop. And like, there's so many great um, collaborations that were going on in the album with Method oh, Man yeah. and Redman and like Casey Jojo and like Nate Dogg, Snoop Dogg. Like there was just like, you know, all across throughout, and again, not that that's irregular, um, but then of course, you know, Dre and California Love, which has got to be the most, one of the most iconic tracks, definitely off this album, off of, you know, any classic hip hop, oh, you know, it's sure. going to be top 10, you know, so like, it, I, I'll say controversially that I've never been that big into Tupac, like just, I, I like a lot of old school hip hop and rap, um, I like a few select songs in here and there, but like I'm, I'm going to get a lot more fired up and excited, you know, about Snoop or Biggie or, you know, like there's a lot of other things that like get me a little more interested, but I, mm-hmm. I respect the pick and I could totally see 
the story you're telling and the place where you were. And it was like, oh, wait a second. This isn't <laughs> just Walk This Way. You no, know, this, this isn't is like just DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. This 11, is like 12 year old Anthony, like <laughs> hearing you know, I Ain't Mad at You for the first time or, yeah. or, or California Love. It's like, wow, what am I listening to? And like, I'm pouring over the lyrics and, and really just digging into it. And you and really begin I, to. I, I, you begin to I, wonder why they call you bitch. <laughs> but I, <laughs> God damn it. I, uh, I, I wouldn't even say that Tupac is like my number one favorite rapper of all time, but this album in particular is important to me for those reasons. And, and so that's really why I picked it. John, what's your fourth pick? Well, you know, again, I'm letting you steer the ship. So, I was going to save this album for last, but I'm going to throw it in now because it has a bit of a, a hip-hop tie-in uh, on some levels. Uh, last week we did TV shows, and to anyone who knows me, they would expect me to bring up Avatar The Last Airbender, and I did that. I don't want to sure let the fans down who know me. So I need to bring up an album by BTS. Oh, um, of course you do. Of course I do. Now, if somehow... If somehow you're listening to this and you don't know who BTS is, let me give you the 30-second the synopsis. Um, they are no, 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 hold on. Don't get to the 30-second synopsis yet. What are you doing? What are you doing? You don't know oh. who BTS is? What are you doing yeah, with your what life? Are you doing? What are you doing with your life? How, how is that cave you're living in working out for you? Right? Go ahead, John. Yeah. So BTS is a K-pop group. Um, they're much more than that. But they they are legit, like, pretty much the biggest worldwide act to ever exist. And yes, that might be strictly because the population of the world has grown and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but in terms of their impact and their, their fan base called army, um, which I am army in case there's any doubt, you know, but like, it, it's just, it just blow. It's mind boggling. You probably can't comprehend it, especially if you're like over the age of 20, um, you you probably just don't quite understand the impact that they have culturally. Um, like they, the albums that they've released have generated more revenue for South Korea than anything else in South Korea ever has. That's fucking insane to me. Um, so like it's they're they're their own economy, um, and. And again, worldwide phenomenon. They're finally kind of breaking through to the U.S. in a big way, even though I got to know them pretty well starting in about 2015 or so. Um, but the album I picked from them is called Wings. Um, it might not even be my favorite album overall of theirs. In fact, I know it's not, but it's one that I picked lately because it, they really take their journey through music a different direction, starting with this album. Um, one thing that's really cool about them is that in the world of K-pop, it's kind of like boy bands in the U.S. where, you know, for the most part, everything is kind of like manufactured, put together by some corporate person and and, and just generated and shoved out to the masses. Um, and there's like three big K-pop uh, idol group uh, magnets, you know, in, in, in South Korea and uh, Big Hit or Hybe, they changed their name, um, are not one of those big three. And when BTS got started, uh, their their whole focus um, by PD or Bang PD, who's like their producer and, and, and mentor and all that, was to let them have a voice and let them drive their own creative process while still being those like impossibly good looking boys that all everyone falls in love with and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff's true. They're, you know, tireless dancers. They're constantly practicing all that stuff about that culture. It's all built in. But it's genuinely about them. So as they first started off, you know, their, their first couple albums, like they're really about, you know, being kids. Cause they were kids, you know, they, they still are young, but they started off as, you know, getting into this between, you know, the ages of like 13 to 17 in that range. And, and mm. it's just, you know, it's, it's immature. I don't love most of the earlier stuff because I can't connect at all with it in terms of the, the content, but it, there's some, because you, because you were never young. Exactly. I started because off as an old man an and old I'm getting man. older. Um, but, uh, so they, they grow and progress. And it's also important to note that there's seven members in the band and 
Um, Is it seven? I thought it was five. It's seven. And three of them are rappers and four of them are vocalists. Although the the rappers have some melodic stuff they do. And like, there's a lot of crossover in their talent pools, but um, they have some songs that are a little more edgy hip hop electronica. And then some that are more ballady and and stuff like that. They wide range. Some have a bit of a jazzy noir feel to it. It's, it's really, in my opinion, stunning, but within wings, what's cool is that, um, that a lot of what went on here was about letting like the first seven tracks each highlight one of the different members having a solo song that lets them take something deeply personal you know the the lyrics the whole progress it's like tied into who they are it's about their style and somehow it blends and comes together to tell this just amazing story and there's a lot that went on with videos that were released um as like trailers to the songs and it's all very artistic and amazing to to watch. But this album just kind of took a different direction. It stopped being just about, you know, it's kind of like the equivalent when there's a rap album and all the content is like, Hey, I got millions of dollars. I bought my friends Mercedes Benz. And you know, like it it stops being like that whole like reflective of like, I'm just going to say how awesome everything is. And I'm going to say these things, but it's like getting into the, deep dark corners of their souls and looking at you know this idea of you know dealing with baggage dealing with you know emotional consequences dealing with so many different things that people who are relatively young in a k-pop idol boy band stage you wouldn't really necessarily connect and think about um so so yeah this album is really one that i feel it really challenges you know uh, you as a listener to to, you know, put on the subtitles to learn what the, the translation from Korean to English is and to start to be like, oh, damn, I had no idea it was this deep. Like, this is this is amazing. And there are even things that you think are going to go one direction. Like, there's a song called First Love, uh, one of the rappers named Suga. Um, and, and you realize as he's starting to get into this that he's just talking about a piano. He's not talking about a person. Um, and, like, his first love was, you know, this piano that was in his, you know, household home and and like it, it just is such a great uh build up and rhythm and, and the reveal is just awesome so yeah i picked bts i'm i could literally talk about them for hours and hours and hours on end but in this particular case i'll, I'll, I'll cut it short and just say that there's no shortage of youtube videos that like walk you through who they are and why they're amazing beyond their music because they really are very authentic and hilarious and kind of fun and and the content and what they do for their fans is like unending there's hundreds of hours of variety shows and videos and things that they do all just to build that fan base and stuff like that so a plus recommend it wonderful and hooray that's outstanding like i I, I so I knew you were a BTS fan, but I didn't really have a good grasp of it. Anthony, do you know I do you know this. I have a do you know I have a a, a a BTS TikTok? I have I have my own TikTok channel that's centered around BTS related content. Did you know that about me? I did not. Have you have you ever used TikTok? Is that, no, I'm not, I'm old. So yeah. so that's no, okay. I've not used TikTok. If, if you're a listener and you have TikTok, or if you get it just solely to see what kind of random garbage I'm doing, um, the the handle is at BTS. So there you okay. go. I, I I will check out your uh, I will check out your TikToks. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, uh, would you that's... say that Wings is a good jumping off point if you're just getting into BTS or wanting, you know, interested in listening to BTS or is there maybe another album that's good to sort of dip your toe into the pool? I'd say if we're talking hypothetical, sure. Um, I might go with something a little more modern just cause they do have a more of a combination of like songs with like English lyrics and then Korean. So it might be a little more familiar uh, to start with like, a couple of their latest albums, whether it's B, B, um, or, uh, map of the soul persona. Like there, there's some albums out now that a lot of people have probably heard because they're popular in radio, like dynamite or butter. Um, like these are all things that are, are 
super modern in the last year or two and things and that's totally fine and cool i think wings in terms of content is where like i said it really turned things on for me where i realized there's a lot of depth and what's going on and then they have this they, they do a lot of albums where they do more than one album and then like they have love yourself but then they have love yourself colon tear love yourself colon answer like so they have you know a couple variations and it's that love yourself phase that i think is just the best and phenomenal and amazing but wings is where it starts off and really starts to diversify but like if we're not talking hypothetical and it's just between you and me i would totally like create you a, a playlist and spotify and just say here's your intro this is how i would introduce you to them you know as musically so that's amazing if you ever do that make it public and tell our audience and they can go and listen to your your uh, okay, well, I'm going to do it. Bespoke playlist. And when we post uh, this episode uh, on Facebook, you know, I'll also comment and, and put the link to the playlist. Oh, there you go. That's a great idea. Thanks, John. That was awesome. Uh, All right, grand finale. Grand finale. Uh, so anybody who knows me knows what band I'm picking next. Mm -hmm. uh, what they might not know is the album. My first foray into uh into this band was in a later album because it was probably their their most popular up to that point captain uh, exactly oh. uh no the band that i'm going with is metallica uh the album that i'm going with is and justice for all is their 1988 or 1989 release uh this, this is an album that i can 100% just listen to back to front over and over again, which my wife will attest to because <laughs> I did that on a road trip once. And she was like, please put something else on. I cannot listen to this album again. So that was the end of that on that road trip. But um, th this is another one where songs kind of run into one another. They don't necessarily connect to one another right. uh, across the, the, the length of the album, like with House of Golden Bones. But... Uh, there, there are a number of tracks on this album that, uh, are, are, you know, one after another sort of blended together. Uh, and, and they, they can also sort of work well together in a medley kind of deal. They actually did that, uh, during, uh, some of their concerts. Uh, but probably my top pick on that album is, uh, To Live Is To Die. It's their instrumental track or mostly instrumental track. Uh, they were known for doing this for their first few albums or, or a few of their first albums. And it's, it's just, it's very beautiful the way that uh, it transitions from one almost completely different song to another within that same track. Like there's just, there's, there's so much variation in the, uh, the, the, the key and the, the, the story that it's sort of telling in the background. And then, uh, you know the, the the few words spoken by James Hetfield in the middle of the track, and and into more of this this sort of story that's going along. Uh, it's it's just a, a beautiful song, and the whole album together uh, is is one of my favorite albums. I would put it in the top ten for me for favorite albums. It's that good to me. It's it's interesting to hear you talk about that because. I think Metallica for me ends up falling into categories like other uh, great bands where I like individual songs and I don't really think about, you know, the flow of an album and, and where I'm at with that. And um, like I, I do for, for this album, I just think of one because, you know, it's an amazing song. Um, it, and it's the I, most iconic track off of that album. Bar none, maybe so yes. like other than under Sandman might be their most popular track period. But like, like, um, I think, is Blackened on this album? It is. It, it opens the album. Oh, well, there you go. I remember, I mean, I got to know that song from, like, from Rock Band or Guitar Hero, one of those. Um, but Yeah, uh, probably Guitar Hero. I'm going to have to go and just listen to this kind of straight through because I can say for certain, I've never just, I've never listened to a single Metallica album all the way from beginning to end straight through with no breaks. Um, which is a crazy thing to say. This, out this loud, is a but good one just, to do uh, it for. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in for it. I think that'll be fun. Um, I think Metallica and BTS should be paired up and loved together. Um, and I'm going to make it happen. So, what's your final pick, John? Well, my final pick, I, I, uh, 
I had to wrestle a lot with which album to pick of theirs. And for this one, I just settled into the quiet and soft feelings of nostalgia that we're so familiar with on our podcast. Um, I went with Radiohead, and I picked the album OK Computer. That's this, an excellent album. I, I just, for, for me, like, I really enjoy several of their albums a lot. Um, specifically, like, I'm just trying to think of if I... Not sure if I'd pick any albums over this necessarily, but I would say that like Kid A and uh, and Rainbows and the Bends like all are pretty high ranking, and I have a, a lot of love for them. But uh, I, I'd say for looking at OK Computer, it has the best and most co- cohesive beginning to end feel of uh, of like of their entire catalog and. and it's a bit dark. It's a bit. I'm trying to think of the right words to to phrase it, but it's it's not necessarily an album that just makes you feel good. <laughs> but that's okay. No, there's a bit of melancholy in yeah, there for very sure. Much. And it when we in the not too distant past we uh, what was it? we reviewed Romeo and Juliet uh, on the Memory Distillery and. I made that connection that I hadn't made that the exit music for a film was made for Romeo and Juliet. And so like that kind of renewed, you know, a a little spark in the album. I hadn't listened to it for a while. And so between then and now it's been, I don't know, maybe a couple of months, but I've listened to this album several times and just, just keep getting into it. And just from the beginning, you know, airbag is a great track and it just builds up and really, between like Paranoid Android uh, and Karma Police are, are two of my favorite tracks of all of, of what they've done. Um, so, but it just weaves it through, and it's such a great journey that you take on this album. It it serves a different purpose than any of the other four that I've mentioned. Um, but I, I definitely wanted to kind of bring a shout out to that because it's this mix of uh, somewhat independent British group that grew beyond all of that and you know when they first came out and when they first got popular you know it's when creep came out which i still love in and of itself for different reasons on different levels and i love singing it and stuff like that but like um i wasn't a big fan of that of pablo honey and the album it just didn't i didn't really like the whole thing at all um (laughs) maybe i should go back and listen to it i don't know but but as we move so forward speaking to of creep, time, before you go too far, speaking of creep, have you heard uh, the postmodern jukebox course, rendition with Haley Reinhardt? Of course, it's so so good. Oh my it, god! It's funny. Um, okay, continue. Sorry, because I was prepping for this. Uh, I could tell you next Tuesday on List Island, the topic is going to be talking about best covers. Uh, Ooh! Music, so feel free to feel free to think about that, ruminate upon that. But uh, no, yeah, it really is phenomenal so i don't mean to like be dismissive it really is if not the best one of the very best covers to a song i've ever experienced so i love i love it love 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 fully love agree. it but we're not here to talk about that we're talking about okay computer and really i don't have much more to say except that um radiohead in general uh was kind of something i felt i was supposed to like when i was younger and i didn't quite connect and then as years have gone by more and more maybe it's like drinking wine where all of a sudden it's like now i'm starting to get it a little bit more and so i wasn't quite the moody emo kid who could just dive right in and feel at home it took me a while to kind of work through and connect and feel but now especially um like through like the ben's kid a okay computer those three albums like are just automatic for me just soak it in and love it so yep that's that's why i brought them to our discussion I feel like I feel like I miss the boat on a lot of things and end up like stumbling upon them later and finding them to be uh finding them to be just delightful like uh Radiohead's a good example of that I I wasn't really into them when they were like when this album came out and when they were you know new on the radio uh I I, I didn't get into them until probably the mid aughts. And so like I, there was a whole probably 10 year span between when this album came out and, 
and when I finally decided, oh, I actually do like Radiohead. And I feel like that happens to me with so many other bands and so well, it's many never other too late pieces to of media, BS. TV shows. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I was asking, because I do want yep. to, uh, you know, get into, uh, or at least, you know, try out BTS and see if I really do like them. Uh, cool. But cool. All right. That's our show, everybody. Thanks for listening to us each and every week. So we do still another favorite from our past. We have new episodes every Monday. So come and check us out on Apple and Stitcher and Spotify and Google Podcasts and all those different podcast apps. Or you can head over to tmdpod.com. We're available there as well. And uh, hey, jump in on those social media posts. Uh, I do post most weeks uh, when I drop a new episode, and I will definitely be dropping one this week. Stop in and tell us what you think of these single barrel episodes. Tell us if you want us to do them, you know, every so often we can take a break from a, a theme or, or, you know, if we just don't have a particularly interesting movie that week, we can do that instead if you guys are into it. So let us know on those social media posts and John's going to tell you where to find those social media posts here right now. Yeah. One of those places is called Facebook. You'd think it's called Meta, but that's not true. Meta's just the parent company in which Facebook's under now, so don't let that dissuade you. Um, <laughs> you can check us out there. Just just search for the Memory Distillery. It'll lead you right to our door, and that'll be fun. Um, you can also and we'll be us. waiting for you. You can tweet us at TMDPod. That's our Instagram handle. You can TMDPod.com. All sorts of places to interact with us, and you can email us at TheMemoryDistillery at gmail.com. It's that easy. Uh, again, all these things Anthony's saying, whether you're posting on social media or sending us emails, correspondence, whatever, what have you, passenger passenger pigeons, those are a thing. Um, it takes a lot of them because they're small and it's not very comfortable. But if you want to travel to us via passenger Jesus pigeon Christ. and discuss <laughs> what you like about our show or what you hate, feel free. No, um, and one other note, of course, we always like to say the music in our podcast comes from the song Destroying the Evidence by Semaphore, very applicable for this evidence to reference the music that which that we have chosen to interweave into what we do week in and week out. Um, so you should check them out as well as all these other great albums that we've been talking about here. Hey, yeah, uh, that album, by the way, is All Too Robot. It didn't get mentioned on this episode, but it is a great album. So go and check it out for sure. There you go, folks. How can you end better than that? I just want to thank y'all for listening and let you know I'm John Deck. And I'm Anthony Vernary, and this has been the Memory Distillery.